Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Welcome on in to Fighters Fury. Hope everybody's having a blessed day out there. Happy Passover to everybody out there as well as that week rolls on. Um, hope everybody's having a fantastic weekend, staying safe. You know, we, uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to pump out the content for everybody as, as these weeks go on. So look, uh, this has been, uh, been some wild times, uh, just in life, let alone in sports. But I will say, um, you know, I think I feel, <laughs> feel like I've said this like f- three, four straight weeks on the show has been, um, it's been weird fun all that wrapped into it that the ufc has had such a unique role in this time of sports because they've been trying to keep things going and so it felt like the last week when we left you guys it feels like every week as we come into to to the show there's been such a major plot twist as far as ufc 249 is concerned as far as dana white is concerned as far as all that's concerned so uh, this week was no different. We got the news. There, it was such a weird week. You know, there was like a week that we had to like recap within the show. And last week, it was all dealing with uh, Habib Nurmagomedov being off the card and who they were going to replace him with and how sure Dana White was going to be that uh, they were going to replace him and that there was still going to be a show, even though I thought that was the whole point of of having UFC 249 in the first place because they had postponed other cards, but. This one, they were so certain they were going to make it uh, happen because uh, this was a fan that fi- uh, fight fans have been waiting for. They had tried to make it. This is the fifth time they were trying to make it. And so I thought that was a big point in having all of this go down. And then Nurmaga Madoff is off the card, and they're still wanting to do a card. They're still wanting to make sure that they can have Tony Ferguson fight that there's still going to be a pay-per-view. Uh, it was important to the, the, the company president to still be active and all of that stuff. And so it went from Nurmaga Madoff. Uh, Tony is a must have to just the UFC and this pay-per-view was a must have and a must happen. And so it turned, it, you know, and it, so it turned into Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, all the rumors were surrounding that. And it was funny enough, man, we, it felt like we had a different tale of it every single part of this week. You know, normally on our talk show, I'll get a little bit. Of, you, actually, look, I talk a lot of fighting on my on my 6 to 10 show with Leroy every day. I just love it. So I'm going to talk about it. But this has been stuff that has really been one of the only active sports to actively have things going. And so it went from the news about 
uh, Namaga Madoff to who is going to replace him to Dana White getting duped by a uh, or duped or or maybe maybe intentionally duped by a fake Ariel Helwani Twitter account that had said that Putin and Dana had an agreement and that all of a sudden uh, UFC 249 was on. Namaga Madoff was going to come to America. Boom, we were going to have a card. And he goes, absolutely not true. Uh, I will announce all of the card uh, tomorrow, which was meaning Monday. And so we get to that point, and Dana White announces officially Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, Rose Namajunas, Jessica Andrade. We're going to have France Ngannou, Josino Rosenstrike on the card, uh, Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Cater, uh, Jacare versus – who the hell is Jacare going to take on? Jacare was going to be on the card. Um, and it was going to be it, it just you know a, a very, very good card, a very good card. Um, you know, I, I would say, and it was going to be for the interim title, by the way, which I, you know, we'll, we'll save that debate for, uh, I guess next segment. Uh, I want to get into just what all happened. So this all, you know, goes down and Dana White is a couple of developments that happen with this. Okay. Dana White announces that this is going to be at an undisclosed location. Uh, Ariel Hawani, real Ariel Hawani. Reports that it's going to be likely on a, on on a native grounds on a reservation, and that um, it's going to be somewhere in driving distance of Southern California. All right, so that's that's all we know. Uh, and then Dana White drops on people that not only are they going to continue with this fight, but once April eighteenth happens, that they are going to have a fight island, a mother bleeping fight island is coming your way and that they are going to do the international fighters there because obviously it's hard getting international fighters into America. So they're doing this Island. I assume in international waters where they can all go and that the UFC is rolling on fight Island every, and it felt like for a point, everybody was talking more about fight Island than they actually were Tony versus Gaethje, which was weird in its own right, because, you know, we have this Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje fight, which again, you know, I, I, I've said this multiple times this week. It's a great fight. Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje is is first team all violence. It's unbelievable. Somebody's coming out of there, uh, maybe both bloodied and beaten. It, it really just equates for an all contact, fantastic bout. And you can maybe even argue more pleasing to the eyes than uh, Tony versus Nurmaga Madoff, which be which would have a little bit of uh, you know would have a little bit of of a waiting game, uh, a, a little bit. I, I could even see it being. Uh, maybe boring at some points just because of how, you know, Namaga Madoff goes and wins fights. Uh, the things that Tony will try and pull off, I'm sure he's going to try and pull off some crazy submissions. So all that stuff, you know, Namaga Madoff fights aren't the most entertaining things in the world. Uh, that's for sure. Even though, you know, the last couple have been obviously entertaining. The Connor, you you always have that suspicion with a Connor fight and Dustin Poirier having the guillotine that he pulled on it. So um, it's had its moments either way. Um, it's not the fight we all signed up for. The fight we all wanted to see was Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, but we got Tony versus Justin Gaethje. Now we think there's a fight island. Dana White is going around. He's not telling anybody. He doesn't want to tell anybody where the fight's going to be because of the, uh, quote, weirdos who uh, and, and the freaks who are going to try and do weird things. So he's not telling anybody. But look, in today's day and age, it is impossible to keep a secret. And so we're, we're leaks that it's going to be at the Tachi Palace uh, in California. So um, the interesting thing about this is, look, even though it's on native grounds, 
California is one of those states. Their, their athletic commission is usually the head of the game on, on a lot of stuff. Weight cutting, uh, PEDs. Uh, you remember that uh, they had, you know, the uh, the situation with uh, you remember that the, the, that they are they're they're, they're very prone. They, they want to keep people's body percentage uh, where it is for the weight cutting. And so they have come out and the state has come out and they banned all fights. I think it was through May 30th and they did it very close to the announcement of Dana White saying the fight was going on. So the fact that. California in itself had come out and announced that the uh, the fight card was going to be uh, was going to be in an undisclosed location, but that ended up being in California, even with it being on native grounds. And that place uh, going to adhere and back the UFC, you could still see how this was going to uh, irritate if they found out it was in California. Gavin Newsom, who's been a very uh, uh, active governor in COVID nineteen. Um, you know, proactive, you might even say maybe more so than our, our federal government's regime has been. So all that stuff considered, um, they wanted to keep it a secret. It ended up leaking. Um, and so this was a very divisive thing. Um, then we get the news and I think this can't be undersold. We get the news this week that Rose Namajunas pulls out of the card. She is out for undisclosed reasons. And I remember saying this to uh, to Leroy and Robbie this week. I'm like, that's a little odd. That's a little odd that they would have undisclosed reasons for Rose's absence because they just announced it, um, which would make you believe that she is gung-ho on doing the card um, because Rose has never been one who's shy to uh, to tell you why she's not going to fight or have those types of reasons. Uh, she's not she's not your your typical uh, spirit when it comes to those those things when it comes to a mixed martial artist um, and so when she pulled out for undisclosed reasons it, it did raise my eyebrow and I was like I wonder if this is is COVID related uh, and it, it just found I found it odd if she was out for an injury I feel like it would have been an, uh, an injury undisclosed reasons you know even if it was just a family death I feel like it would have been personal reasons something like that and it comes to find out that she has two family members that uh, died because of COVID-19. This is your co-main event fighter. This is a former champion that you've had. Um, and it does make me wonder if it was a, a domino effect that made things get to the point where they ultimately were postponed. Because the day after we get the news, that, or the same day that we get the news of why Rose is pulling out, all of a sudden... UFC 249 is off. Now, mind you, this has been a thing, a storyline we have said. This has been something we have been talking about for a month, okay? We have been talking about this nonstop from the time they said that this was going to be without fans. I told you that I wasn't in favor of having Tony versus Nurmagomedov because I don't want Tony versus Habib to be bastardized. I thought this is the fans' fight. It deserves to be played, uh, fought in front of fans. I understand the need to move along the division and all that stuff, but all of sports is pausing. Uh, why not this? And so that being said, it's been a big seesaw effect. I've got, I've heard the arguments from fighters. I've heard the arguments from uh, the company and all that stuff. So I look, I've been uneven on this whole trajectory. One, I, I am a person who likes a little bit of chaos in my sports. I'm not uh, necessarily always the most responsible when it comes to that stuff. I like a little bit of chaos. I don't mind a little bit of steroid use. I don't mind, uh, 
I don't mind fight antics to lead up to a fight. I kind of get that all these shenanigans will go on. It's the underbelly of sports. Uh, the mainstream only peeks in from time to time. You know, these are these are guys who come from the bottom. They're fighting for their families. If they don't fight, they don't get paid. Um, a lot of them are fighting for for peanuts just for a shot, a, a, a crack at glory. And so I, I think all that stuff does need to be considered. That being said, we're in unprecedented times. We're in an unprecedented pandemic. You know, you're going around America. You have a, a mask over your face that's not typically of our culture. We're a very individualistic uh, society that uh, doesn't always blend together. It's kind of everybody out for themselves. It's a big reason why I think this has probably taken as long to, to wrangle as it has in our country. Um, so I've been uneven on it. I've liked, you know, I've gone from didn't want Tony versus uh, Namaga Madoff, then hearing Tony Ferguson and his side saying that he wants to be a symbol for something. Uh, getting behind that, uh, I love the idea of Fight Island. I just think that's hilarious. Uh, how gung ho Dana is to to fight on Fight Island, so I, I it's been a it's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster, and I don't think it's anything wrong to be uh, be a little bit on the fence with this as far as why you shouldn't have it and the arguments to why you should. That being said, um, you probably thought it was always going to lead to this part where it, you, something was going to happen. This has been such a branched out uh pandemic that has touched so many parts of the world with 600 fighters on the roster it was kind of only natural that it was going to affect somebody directly uh it just happened to be that it was your co-main event fighter a former champion i think one of your most recognizable fighters certainly one of your most recognizable uh women fighters that you have in in rose so all of the sudden dana white gets a call from disney to stand down and reportedly that call came from the governor. It's a couple things for me. One, um, you know, Disney knew about all of this stuff. They know that they have a partner in Dana White who's a bit of a rebel. Uh, they knew that putting forth all of this stuff is uh, was, a, was, a, was a bit dicey. And... I just find it odd that we got to the point of the week where Dana announces the card. Dana is publicizing the card on Disney. So you're telling me, uh, the, you know, even they said it was undisclosed location. You know, you're telling me the governor isn't going to find out about that until a certain point. Uh, I'm not saying the governor didn't call, but I think that it all sets up too well for maybe something happened to one of the UFC fighters that was pretty tragic with something we're all dealing with. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Oh, this is why we probably shouldn't do it. This is why it's not responsible or the right time to do it right now. You know? And, and I think we're all so pent up. We're all in our houses. We're all trying to teach our kids and work and be good spouses and good boyfriends and girlfriends and, and partners and all that stuff while all this is going on and not really knowing when the end date is in sight, uh, you can be blind a little bit to let's just get back to normal. Let's just get back to normal. And then it finally hits somebody who's directly involved with the event that you're so crazily pushing forward and pushing forth to get done. Um, I think it played a role. I do. I don't know if anybody's going to come out and admit it. I don't know. 
Uh, we're taping the show on Friday as we've been doing with, with fighters fury. Um, but I, I gotta feel like that's had a role in this. And I know Dana White's going to say, Oh, well, he was told to stand down. You're telling me that Disney in the three weeks leading up to this was never told by the California governor. Hey, don't not, not here or not told by other politicians. Hey, not here. Um, I just I, I got a I got a hard time uh hard time believing that. Um so I'm not saying it didn't happen, and I'm not saying that Gavin Newsom didn't call up Disney to make Dana White stop. I just think that it became a little bit uh I think it became a little bit more responsible to stop when you had that storyline. Because how is it not gonna be a storyline? You know, how is it not gonna be something in the lead and Dana White goes on get up? Dana White goes on first take. Dana White goes on Dan Levitard's show. He's promoting the hell out of his card. He's talking about Fight Island. And then all of a sudden somebody brings up, hey, didn't you didn't your co-main event fighter drop out of this because they had multiple family members die from this? Like, do you really think this is the most responsible thing in the world? It's just how do you answer that and just say, yeah, but we have to get back to normal? Um I just I I just don't know as a Dana White's a smart guy and he's an ambitious guy and certainly is used to going against the grain with this stuff. And Lord knows he wanted to make it seem like he was the toughest of the tough when this all went. I mean, he was in that interview with Brett was like, we could go, we could go. I'm just being, I'm being told to stand down. Well, it's like, bro, you either go or you're the rebel and you can go through with it or you don't. Um, And while, you know, and and while you have a, a partnership with ESPN and the partnership has been good, you know, they have a partnership with you too. And they know who they've gotten in bed with. Um, you know, ESPN has been, you know, do it's not the first time ESPN has been in a, as partnered with a league and the league has had say normally, see, it's funny because normally the way this works is let's say, for example, the NFL, uh, remember the show playmakers Does everybody remember the show playmakers on ESPN. I really enjoyed it. It was an entertaining cell show over the top as hell, but it was pretty damn entertaining. It was about the, uh, it was about the underbelly of pro football and I feel like I'm using underbelly a bunch of times. I think it's just because my belly's getting big in this quarantine. Either way, uh, it was about like the, the just like the gross part of football. And the NFL put a stop to it immediately. You know, um, you think to you think to um, the you know Dan Levitard, you know, getting into it with uh, with MLB commissioner. Normally, the league is going to call and get pissed at Dan for that. Um, those types of things. When the commissioners get called out, typically it's the leagues who go towards the television networks and say, hey, bro, w- w- what's the I thought we were partners. Um, and I'm not saying there's not times where ESPN will, will swing its, its deal and say that, um, but I find it hard to believe that um, Dana White, swashbuckling Dana White is all of a sudden going to just bend to the whim of the mouse. I, I feel like he kind of wanted to find a way out. If I, if I could be so blunt, I think Dana white was, was, was looking for a way out. This opened the door for that. Um, it was the right door to go through. I think, I think it's the responsible door to go through, but when you're uh, mother, when you're middle fingers at everybody all the time and, You've gone in so deep that you're talking about having a damn fight island like this is mother effing Mortal Kombat. Um, this opened, I think, the door. And so we don't have UFC 249. I don't know when we'll have UFC. We'll get into a little bit of that because we've uh, gone long, certainly, this first segment. 
But uh, we'll continue on. We'll talk about the fallout of UFC 249. Where does this leave the lightweight division now that Justin Gaethje, assumingly, is now out of the title picture? Does he go right back to Connor? Uh, Tony Habib, when does that happen? Does Tony want to get back to action as soon as possible? All this and more. Fighters Fury back after this. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you live from the Garage Studio. I hope everybody's doing great. So uh, diving off of UFC 249 a little bit um, because, you know, I feel like we kind of we did everything. We did a long first segment, kind of uh, hit everything from there. Um, You know, the only other thing we haven't touched on, Dana White swears Fight Island is a thing swears it's a thing he's he knows that he you know that's the one thing about dana like he knows uh that he found something that people really really dig because of you know he's a guy who loves internet memes all that type of stuff who doesn't um but he's like you know you don't have a commissioner actually actively out there who's uh who's putting memes and stuff like that fight island all the the dana white photoshopped is like dr evil and enter the dragon immortal Kombat. he digs that stuff so now he's gonna make fight island even when things are back to normal fight island's gonna be a thing trust trust that's how it's gonna be um but we have a situation with uh you know the one thing that will be interesting though if i could if i could uh deviate real quick and i want to get into uh some of the fallout from this but i think that one thing that'll be interesting is you know I wonder if the UFC will deviate at all from state commissions, you know, because they're their own company. They've always kind of just adopted the Nevada State Athletic Commission and sanctions and all this stuff. And, um, you know, you wonder if they'll start doing more stuff independently. It's, you know, uh, maybe, you know, do something like the, uh, the, the NFL and NBA, maybe get themselves like a referees association, something like that. That they could uh, that they could come up with a deal, um, you know, the judging. They could definitely tweak the judging system and the scoring system a little bit. I do think that relying on all these governments and these sanctioning bodies when the UFC wants to be such a rebel, uh, it makes you wonder if the UFC is going to go into these types of things and uh, and 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 and, and want to rely upon so many other people to get things done. I don't know if that's the case. It's just it it it. it it made me wonder just because of how much uh, frustration Dana White emphasized through all this stuff. Um, so getting to the fallout from this. So we're going to be in a situation now where Habib Nurmagomedov, he is not only going to be off for this card, but now he has Ramadan, which is going to start in, I think, two weeks. I think the 23rd is when it starts. So that's a month. And you would imagine he needs some time to build himself up. I'll tell you the thing that was interesting this week. We had uh, John Anik on for the first time. Um, who, man, that dude is that dude's taken a, a, a big. I think he's taken a big leap as a as a play by play guy. A lot of people were uh, were upset when Mike Goldberg was let go. Uh, I liked I liked that crew, him and Joe Rogan. That just felt like the UFC. That was warmth. And I'm not always eager to like embrace a new voice. Um, you know. This is uh, like no disrespect intended, but like I've had a hard time grasping the Marlins without Rich Waltz and Tommy Hutton, but especially even even especially Rich Waltz. I thought just Rich Waltz was really, really good. And he sneakily was just here for a very, very long time. Um, And Tommy Hutton, that's my childhood. I I love that partnership. I 
I, that that broadcast crew of Tommy Hutton and Rich Waltz, I think, was probably my favorite, even more than uh, like Eric and Tony. Um, who and I and I love Eric Green. And I love John Crotty too. Um, I don't hear them as much because I've been covering basketball games this year. But I think John Crotty. I think the world of John Crotty. Um, but my point being is, I, it's not easy to embrace. I can just as a as a consumer of sports, I can tell you, it's not an easy place to embrace new voices. Uh, and, and though John was not, you know, John was doing cards. He wasn't, it's not like he dropped out of the sky. Uh, the, 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 I just feel like the leap he's taken as a broadcaster, he's, uh, he's, he's gotten really good, but it was the first time we, uh, we ever had him on the show and he is just, he was, uh, he was really, really good. But one of the things I did ask him because, you know, we were having him and I know it was an odd thing to, 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 to put him through and talk with him because, um, he is broadcasting for what something that was being highly criticized at the time. Now, mind you, I had him on the day after it was announced they're doing the card. Uh, they announced uh, Gaethje versus Ferguson. So in his mind, the card is going on. But he talked about all the uncertainty that he went through. You know, he's a guy who lives in South Florida. He was wondering if maybe he was going to go to someplace local Florida. In, in hindsight, I think Dana White probably wishes that he did do the card in Florida because – you know, we've been a little bit looser as far as the social distancing and state shutting down and all that stuff has been concerned. South Florida, a little bit more strict. Um, but even still, you know, Ron DeSantis, our state has just been a little bit more uh, in, in an ironic way, liberal as it comes to with the uh, with the social distancing policies and all that. But, uh, you know, he, uh, he you know, he made the point about the, uh, the two two forty nine the the angst over it, but that he thought that the point of keeping going really was going to be uh, Tony and, and and could be fighting each other. So there is that. But uh, I don't want to say it's news, but he seemed very very confident because I wanted to, if I have the voice of the UFC on, wonder what he thinks about the idea. We talked last week about Jorge Masvidal versus Kamara Usman. And when the hell they're going to fight. Because I'm just like, I love the war of words between those guys. But I just want those guys to fight already. And, it, you know, they've definitely uh, calmed down a little bit with no fight to promote this week. Or no potential last-minute fight uh, to promote this week. And Anik was, like, adamant that he thinks Usman versus Masvidal is going to happen in July. Which is, that's awesome. Uh, but the thing that he threw on there is he believes. And this is just him throwing it out there. I don't know. You know, he's not reporting. But he felt he, he was... He sounded very confident in it. He thinks that that is going to co-main with a Conor McGregor fight, um, which would be huge. So if Conor's coming back in July and we have Tony Ferguson is kind of the wild card right now, and we're going to assume Nurmaga Madoff isn't coming back till August because I believe when he said, uh, if Tony doesn't fight anybody, I want to fight in August. That puts Ramadan out of the way, gives him the full training camp, boom. Assuming we're all back to normal uh, or capable of doing fights by August. I think it's a good date by 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 Habib. Um, the thing that's going to be interesting is where does this put the lightweight division? Because okay, it's a little bit of a scramble now because we had Justin Gaethje fighting for an interim title, which I get that they had to put a belt on. I know a lot of the times the belt is just thrown out there. You know, the weird, here's a weird one. Uh, the, the, uh, a weird interim title recently was Colby Covington 
against Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim welterweight championship of the world. And, you know, Tyron Woodley, they, they kind of just did it because Tyron Woodley had a late pullout and they just like, you know what, we want to put a belt on it and what. And they just kind of got to a point with belts where it was like, we're going to put a belt on it. What does it matter? Um, you know, we, you know, people, I think people are kind of hip to what an interim champion is, what, a what, a what an actual champion is. Uh, there was a point where people got a lot more outraged about interim belts than they used to. So it's become the norm. It's been a thing in boxing forever. My God. I mean, they do interim champs, regular champs, super champs, the WBC, they will throw a, a belt and a t-shirt on anybody. I mean, they'll be like, uh, Canelo's not fighting for a belt, but this is Mexican independence day, WBC champion belt. And it's like a belt that has like this cool weavings on it and stuff like that. Remember for the, remember for the, uh, the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight, they did the money belt. Uh, it was like a, it was a, it was a WBC belt made out of snake skin or alligator skin or something like that. And, uh, and, and it had real diamonds in it. It was, uh, it was a it was a funny thing. Uh, we had the BMF belt. The BMF belt was cool. The BMF belt was cool though, because that's like a that's a one of one. Um, you know that was a the reason I like that is because Masvidal versus Diaz was a fan made fight and and a fighter made fight. You know it's so rare we get that. You know there's so much politicking and all that uh, that's going on. Much as we have seen with all this. Um, so getting back to it. You know, they make Tony versus Justin an interim belt fight. Um, I thought odd because what if Tony loses? Do you, you know, you really want Justin Gaethje to fight uh, Nermaga Madoff like uh, with uh, with the chance of the Connor fight being out there? Like I just felt I felt it a weird move by them to 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 freeze out. Now, mind you, I think Tony would have won the fight against Justin Gaethje if they were to fight. I think that. Talk about a guy who's actually in the midst of training camp. He even said this week after he found out it was canceled, he's going to continue training. Um, Tony, I think, is better to handle quarantine training probably than any other fighter on the roster. Um, but I just found it weird that they would box themselves in like that. Um, as far as as far as Connor's concerned, I kind of feel like it goes back to all right. If these guys aren't going to fight now. And supposedly they're going to do an island fight. The island fight, look, until you get it off the ground, do it with a fight that doesn't have this much stakes on the line. We're talking about the best division on the planet, the uh, you know the biggest stars on the planet in, in your sport with Namaga Madoff and Conor McGregor fighting each other. Let's not f around and do this on uh, a pirate ship, okay? So what I would do is I would shoot for that target date that John Anik is talking about. And you have Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman fight for the welterweight championship with Connor and Justin Gaethje basically fighting for the right to fight the winner of Tony versus Namagamadoff. Because you eventually, look, uh, you got to get that fight in. It just, it has to happen. You got to think that, you're owed something now with the universe and sports that Tony versus Habib has to happen with all the stuff that we have going on. And now you lost it with something that really wasn't either one of the fighters faults. Let's, let's, let's make it all happen now. So I think that's the way they got to go. The question is going to be though, uh, could it get messed up? Sure. It could. Um, like, could, could we get to a point where, okay, 
Habib is looking at this. He wants to fight in August. Okay. Uh, if he wants to fight in August and Tony wants to fight, what do we do? You know, Connor's been very vocal about this COVID-19. You know, he's been a damn near Irish spokesperson for staying home. I don't know how soon you're going to be able to get him back into the cage. I think it is something that's going to probably be a summer thing for him. Um, and then are you in the position now where if Tony fights, if Tony fights Gaethje for the belt, let's say he wants to get the fast track. He wants to be the next fight back and Gaethje's game. Does it switch now? Does the tournament switch and does it go from Connor versus Habib for the regular belt Tony versus Justin for the interim belt. And then I guess the hope of the purest in mixed martial arts would be Tony versus Nurmaga Madoff for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Or if it gets to that situation, Tony versus McGregor for the undisputed championship of the world. Or if we have the case where both champs lose or both favorites lose and you have Gaethje versus Connor, a fight that has had some good build up to it. And I think would be a fun fight for the undisputed championship of the world. And then if that happens, you could kind of round Robin it. And if, if you have a situation where Gaethje and Connor were to both win, you could do Tony versus Namaga Madoff for the number one contendership. And we at least finally get the fight. Now it's not going to be what it was. Because it's almost like a Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua situation. You don't have that uh, that that peak fight with two guys who are on unbelievable win streaks, and you have no doubt about who the best lightweight in the world is. Because at that point, in my situation, they would have lost. So it's not the same, but I think it's special enough of a fight to and and holds a a near and dear place to a lot of MMA fans' hearts that they would still love it tremendously. Um, and plus. In my situation, you have Conor McGregor atop the lightweight division again, which I think is just good for everybody. Everybody's gunning for Conor, and um, that's just good for business. Uh, that's just that's just good for business. And I don't even, you know, I think the scenarios that I've given you and watching what I saw the first time McGregor fought Nurmagomedov, I don't think that uh, Conor is going to win that fight. But I'm just saying it is fighting, and you can't say that he won't win that fight. You can't. Uh, just completely dismiss it. So, Lightweight's in a weird spot, man. It, it is it for sure in a weird spot. We're back with more on Fighters Fury after this. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Uh, we'll wrap up with a little bit of a divert, little, little smorgasbord we have going on here. Um, first of all, congratulations to Shannon the Cannon Briggs, our boy. Let's go, champ. Uh, we love Shannon. Uh, we did, you know, it's funny enough, like, Shannon's like the last uh non-family member i've really interacted with it's uh it's like i'm trying to think of the last per you know outside of like going to the grocery store i'm talking about like you know had a i had a, a a point to go see somebody who wasn't my mother who i've been moving into her her new place helping move into her new place uh, or my kids or my wife or my in-laws but other than that, like Leroy, I haven't, I haven't seen Leroy, you know, I miss Leroy. Uh, I went to Shannon's house to interview him and, you know, shout out to, uh, to his guy, Lee, who set up the whole interview. 
Um, and they did a great write-up in the Miami Herald. But we got the scoop first that uh, Shannon told you he was going to bare-knuckle fighting, which was a, a heavily circulated rumor. But he told you, like, we're going to start off in, in BKFC. And that was announced this week, uh, bare-knuckle fighting championship, David Feldman. They announced that uh, Shannon is going to be fighting for their promotion. Um, look, I've, I've had my questions with bare knuckle, not watching it. It's not a question of like me thinking it's too barbaric or anything like that. Like I've been now in person to two cards. Um, and I, I've made this point. I've seen crazy things happen at MMA boxing and bare knuckle. I've seen, I've seen what I feel like is it all as far as like vicious knockouts are concerned. Um, the only thing that's, uh, you know, the only thing that I would say is, um, there's a lot more room for error uh, in a fight kind of getting messed up in bare knuckle. And so not having the padding of a glove, like, you know, don't forget it is a sport. People are paying to go see, um, you know, performances. And, and sometimes you watch the top of the cards on these bare knuckle cards and it's like, boom, 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 boom. So the pacing is cool, but sometimes the endings are kind of like flimsy, but you have a guy like Shannon Briggs attached to BKFC. I think he's going to help uh, tremendously in getting attention on the card. You know, how more people aren't using... I, honestly, I really, really believe this. How more people aren't using Shannon the Cannon Briggs for their cards is bananas to me. Um, the guy is a social media savant. He's a great promoter. He's fun energy. He's getting mentioned at, you know, Anthony Joshua press conferences left and right. Um, it's, it, I, I will say this. I wish I would have gotten into this a little bit more with Shannon. Um, but it's funny how he kind of went from the ultimate antagonist to in, 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 uh, in the box game to kind of the ultimate, uh, like big brother in a lot of ways, you know, like a lot of, a lot of the, you know, Tyson Fury, Andy Ruiz, uh, um, uh, probably not Deontay Wilder. Like they had a pretty heated beef, but like, uh, Anthony Joshua shouted him out on HBO. So he's gone to this cool, um, this cool role in, 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 uh, in, in fight culture. So I think it's going to be fun for him. Uh, I, I hope he's going to have monster success. I think he is, uh, especially he puts that cannon cooker right in someone's ribs with no padding. That's bad news, man. You know, and you guys see all the fun, loving stuff with Shannon, but, um, I've been in that locker room, seeing him warm up. It's a, it's a scary individual when it comes to him cracking you for sure. So I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome showcase for Shannon, the cannon Briggs. I think BKFC got one on him, uh, got one with him as far as, uh, a guy who's going to put on a great show, a guy I think can be really good at that. And then my hope for him is like he said, like he's, you know, I asked him, um, what does he want out of all this chasing fights what like what would be the dream one like does he have these illusions of 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 still being heavyweight champion is that still a thing does he look at a guy like tyson fury who's you know christ uh 18 years as junior and think that i can make that comeback in two years and i think that he was honest he's like yeah you know that's gonna take a long long time you know though he kind of got on the doorstep there with fresa before his positive test um you know, and that kind of that kind of spiral that kind of kiboshed the comeback, you know, but he made it clear that if he has one boxing goal left, it is to fight Vladimir Klitschko. And I think that that would be a monster fight. I really, really do, because if Klitschko is coming back, Tyson, he need, Ty, somebody needs to make Vladimir Klitschko exciting. 
And if I'm one of the young guns, I'm not excited about fighting Vladimir Klitschko. So he needs to get himself into a clash with somebody who will bring some 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 youth to him, you know? And in a lot of ways, it's weird to say it, but 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 Shannon brings a young audience. It's a guy who's been tied to, to, to Logan Paul recently. Um, you know, was was there uh, at the uh, at the Jake Paul KSI fight or uh, not the, J- the 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 Jake Paul Gibb fight? You know, he's kind of got now a foot in that world, even if stuff didn't like end that great with him and and, uh, and Jake Paul with all that with that um, nonsense around it. Uh, they still know him, and so I think it gets a lot of attention and could make Klitschko relevant. I do think it's a problem for Klitschko, though. I think that that. That uh, that Shannon can do some work there for sure. He's got. I think he's got to do it quick, but I think he can do work. Um, it's just going to be a, a matter of time. So anyway, congratulations to him finally uh, having that be announced, and uh, can't wait to see you uh, in the in the squared circle, Shannon. That's going to be fun to see you with uh, with BKFC for sure. Um, one other one other note before we get out of here. A couple things I want to make a point of before we get out of here. Um, one, Errol Spence, he is uh he is he said on Monday this week that he's hoping to return to the ring by September, October, would like to fight Manny Pacquiao or Terrence Crawford. I want to say this. I hope that this pandemic does one thing for boxing. First of all, boxing is gonna have a lot of catching up to do. Uh there's a lot of fighters talking about financial ruin and talking about the t- the hardships they have. It's time to stop with this whole elongating the process. And I'm not talking about you know, the 17, 18-year-olds, I know that there has to be somewhat of a plan for these guys. They get four fights a year to bring them along slowly. But when they get to that that uh, that 21, 22-year-old mold, if they're in the age range, 23, it, you know, I, I want to start seeing these guys have primo fights that really rise them to the top. You know, these guys get coddled for too damn long. And I'm not trying to say that they're not tough or anything like that. But what I what it feels like is they're just wasting time. They're wasting time, and I feel like there's just such great value in these guys going in there, fighting big fights, and people will give them more credit for that stuff because so much of the time, look at a guy like you know Deontay Wilder, who's going to be 34 years old, and people feel like he's only been in four real fights in his career. Um, I feel like a, a, a guy like that should have been a much bigger deal at a, at a much younger age. And so I hope that this pandemic realizes to a lot of people in boxing, that time is fragile and that we get to the fights that we need to get to a lot sooner, that we stop jerking ourselves around here and, 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 you know, talk about, you know, this is the plan. We go here, we go there. No, let's get to the fights, man. Let's get to Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford. Let's get to Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. Let's get to Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Let's get to Lomachenko taking on Teofimo Lopez. Let's get to uh, Devin Haney versus Ryan Garcia. Let's get to these huge matchups that we get. Javante Davis versus Lomachenko. Let's get to these ones. Um you know, D- Demetrius Andre versus Canelo, Demetrius Andre versus the Charlos, all, all these things that were just thrown up there that are just like, what are we waiting for here, man? What, what, what are we doing? So I hope that this pandemic gives a uh, boxing a little bit more of a, an urgency factor, you know, to not, to not always go in there and, and, and keep things, uh, you know, just think we got all the time in the world. And then finally, before we get out of here, cause I got to uh, wrap things up. Uh, I saw Floyd Mayweather doing some cool posts this week, um, you know, where he was talking about that the passing of his uncle, Roger Mayweather, has kind of inspired him to um, to train, 
And I think that'd be really cool. Now, look, this is going to be an interesting one because Floyd Mayweather is always the show. Uh, he's always the show. He's always the A side. And so, uh, but he is, he's getting older. So I'm not saying he can't do it, but he was saying that he wants to be the greatest trainer in the world. You know, that he, he says that I will be one of the best trainers in the world. You know, posting pictures of his son and his, and his nephew hitting mitts. Um, that'd be cool, man. I think that's a cool story of, of, of Floyd Mayweather, uh, turns himself into not one of the only the great fighters, but turns himself into one of the greatest trainers. Cause, uh, I think we've seen over his career, uh, if you could talk about Floyd, you may not like the way, uh, that he fights or his style of fighting, but you do come away with it with a great appreciation for his, his, uh, his knowledge. Uh, I think the word clinic is best applied to him maybe than any other fighter. So, uh, I'm looking forward to that show, man. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that journey. Check out his Instagram post on that. That's our uh, episode for this week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back same time, same place next week. Have a happy Easter. Have a happy Passover to everybody, um, to to all the uh, the people who maybe need a little bit of faith out there uh, with everything that's going on. I hope you find some comfort this week for sure in family and uh, what you believe in. Uh, all the best to you guys, and we'll talk to you next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.